we are committed to continue to do our part, but that the time has come for our NATO allies to step forward. Let's just say I'm very concerned. This xenophobic, this hatred among different races, the separation of races, it needs to stop. They just don't want to report the truth, and they've been calling us wrong now for two years. They don't get it, but they're starting to get it. I can tell you that. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. The Neil A. Caruso Show Show. Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, new week, new podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. February 20th, 2017. And welcome to the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Um... As always, a busy day. We just came out of a busy weekend. Um, But first, I want to start with a prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed by thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us these days our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespasses against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen melania trump with the lord's prayer on saturday at the rally in melbourne florida i cannot believe how much flack the first lady received just by a reading a prayer and President Trump said he had no clue that she was going to read that. It was kind of funny watching his reaction afterwards. The reaction from these liberals, it's unbelievable. I mean, they just cannot agree with anything, uh, at least some of them. Um, you know, there's so much anger coming from the left side of the aisle. Um, I guess the right side too. We talked yesterday on the Sunday program. Uh, hopefully, you saw it. If not, it's archived on neilacruso.com. We talked about the establishment being so anti-Trump and Trump's uphill battles, which also the entire segment is up on neilacaruso.com. But, you know, they cannot agree with anything. How about a nice moment, the first lady trying to bring the country together? She said there's so much hatred. And what was interesting, she said, they're trying to bring me down. I'm not going to go down. And um, they're not going to get to me. And they've been making up stories about her. I remember last week we talked about the New York Times reporter who called Melania Trump a hooker. And then that reporter was forced to apologize. Well, you know, she hears all of it. And she's got a uh, 12-year-old son who is hearing all of this stuff and seeing it all on the internet. And I think every once in a while, you know, a little prayer, whether you're Catholic or not, a little prayer is nice. Good way to start, and that's how I want to start this week's podcast. Um, it was a pump-up session, for sure. 
Um, it was a rally to bring all of his supporters together. You saw that one supporter, um, I think his name is Gene, uh, he's been all over uh, the media now for interviews, and President Trump called him up on stage to, yeah, I'm sure the Secret Service was not happy with that, and President Trump acknowledged it. In fact, the Secret Service tried to prevent the gentleman from going on stage, and President Trump, in his Trumpian fashion, bring him up here, get him up here. And uh, what a uh, nice guy. He was waiting online for uh, till 4 a.m. for a 6 p.m. Florida rally. Uh, that I think was, uh, you know, well, it was supposed to be 5, it was delayed till 6. 5 o'clock, I guess, the uh, the pre-show speaker spoke. And he was just like, he was kissing the ground after that. I mean, he couldn't believe that the president called him up on stage. And you really saw a lot of love there. You really did. I mean, it was a pump-up session. It was, this is one month in, this is what we've accomplished. And a lot of, um, he's getting a lot of flack, a lot of criticism for doing another rally. Um, President Obama did a rally on February 9th, 2009, and President Trump did one on February 18th, 2017. So Obama was first doing a rally, so let's not get hypocritical. And regardless, I think that it was important for President Trump to do for multiple reasons. Um, the media, and we'll get into that later because, you know, the big story today is the fake news, the media versus Trump. And that ongoing battle, and obviously the media likes to talk about themselves. I mean, you know, I like to talk about myself, I guess, sometimes. Um, that's a big story, but I'm going to put that off for later because I think you've heard it already. You know the deal. Um, but we'll get into it because, you know, we have to talk about it. But, you know, it was a pop-up session. They were criticizing him for doing a rally, but it's so important for him to get his message straight to the American people. He does it on Twitter. He does it. In rallies, and the rallies, that is so his element. It is so, when you think of a rally, a thank you tour, um, a big, huge rally, I think there were about 7,500 people there, maybe more, in an airplane hangar in Florida, Melbourne. That is Donald Trump. That is his element, and he gave a real pop-up. I'm not going to say fiery because I think that gives a negative impression. I'm not going to say what a lot of the media is going to say because to me it was a pump up it was okay he's saying exactly what he's been saying all along and he's working to accomplish it whether or not there have been roadblocks and we talked about on the sunday show trump's uphill battles talked about that on the show yesterday and you know that's very true he's got uphill battles to face whether it be the media whether it be establishment um and he's facing those head on and frankly if he gets a few of these uh, agenda's done. He's already accomplished so much, and we went through the litany of the Trump accomplishments in the first 30 days between regulations and working to secure the border and easing American taxpayers of frivolous things. I couldn't say frivolous last week, but I can say it today. Um, if you listen to the podcast every day, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and he's accomplished all these things he's worked harder than anybody to undo the nonsense of the past eight years the obama the so-called obama legacy that has hurt american workers and has weakened our place here at home so he's made a lot of progress and if you want to see the list because i compiled a list like a really long list and top among them by the way last but not least the appointment of Neil Gorsuch 
for the Supreme Court. Because if you look at um, more scientific polls, not I, I wouldn't um, be true to the exit polls, but a couple of weeks, and obviously the exit polls are wrong. A couple of weeks after the election, they came out with polls about what people cared about most in this election, and really throughout the election, but after the election, people said it came down to the Supreme Court. They wanted a conservative justice on the Supreme Court, and they got one. So, uh, a real pop-up in Melbourne, Florida on Saturday. And, all right, so what I think is going on within the Trump White House is people are saying it's chaos. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I think what's going on is a good cop, bad cop strategy. A good cop, bad cop strategy. This is what I came up with today. General James Mattis was in Baghdad, uh, made an appearance there, and he's been working very, very hard as her defense secretary, going already traveling into some of these nations where we've struggled in. And he was asked about oil in Baghdad, and he said, listen, um, I'm not looking back, um, you know, because President Trump has said throughout the whole campaign, we should have, and from the beginning, we should have taken the oil. That led to the rise of ISIS. Two things led to the rise of ISIS. President Obama pulling out of Iraq way too early. We stabilized it, but we left the oil, and that, or so-called stabilized, and not really, that we left the oil there, and that was the Islamic State's money source. That was their economic role to create the, what they want is a caliphate. And their radical Islamic terrorism and an uprising there in Iraq to defeat us. So General Mattis says, well, I'm not too worried about the oil. I mean, you know, I don't think our number one job is to take oil. Our number one job is to uh, defend the country and to protect Western values. Okay. What, what, is, what are the headlines? General Mattis disagrees with Trump. There's chaos. No, it's good cop, bad cop. Trump being the bad cop as always. Because whatever he does, he's going to be met with this resistance that frankly doesn't work. It just makes the other side weaker. But I don't think they realize that again. Maybe we shouldn't tell them. Um, but by doing this, the good cop, bad cop strategy, you have Trump being tough, Trump saying, this is, uh, you know, this is the way it is. We need to, we should have taken the oil, and the last administration left him with a mess. General Mattis, more toned, he's boots on the ground. But the leadership is very strong. And remember, peace through strength. Uh, Mike Pence was in Germany today, has been in Germany all week, at the Munich conference, and Pence um, made comments about NATO. He said that um, that basically we need to um, commit to NATO, but also need to be fair. And President Trump has said that um, over and over again. And President Trump has said, "Listen, the NATO members they pay nothing. They're so they say they're committed, but." They don't pay their fair share. And just to give you the statistics on this, the United States spends more on defense 
than all of the other NATO allies combined. The U.S. spent 3.61% of American GDP gross domestic product last year, according to NATO estimates. Now, Germany, by contrast, spent 1.19% of its overall budget on defense. Ten countries spent even less, and seven, including Canada, Italy, and Spain, would have to basically double military spending to reach the United States target. Luxembourg actually would require a, require a fourfold increase to just get close to what we spend on defense and what we pay in dues to NATO. So, yes, we need to have other countries pay their fair share. Why are we paying... Seriously, a simple question. Why are we paying for the world's defense spending when we have all this terror that is circling Europe and the migrant crisis and is coming here, but why are we spending all of it when there are other countries who are affected clearly by terrorism and that are supposedly against terrorism? And they don't pay anything. Now, of course, Germany last week said, yeah, I, we we get it. We'll, we'll pay up. Uh, but, again, what is what is the narrative? Oh, well, Pence says we need to commit to NATO, and Trump's against NATO. Trump has never been against NATO. Trump has simply said, and if you just listened to him for two years, Trump has simply said that we need fairness in that system. And same thing for the United Nations. I mean... The UN issues, they're like, they're like a security, you know that commercial, the security monitor, where they can't do anything, they don't have a gun, they cannot, they cannot arrest anyone, they're just a monitor. That's what the UN is. The UN does nothing. They monitor the situation in Aleppo after months and months of it being torn apart. And after Gary Johnson forgot what Aleppo is. That's when... They said, we're going to monitor the situation in Aleppo. And they're being bombed. And they're going to monitor it. So, I mean, why are we spending all this money? It's a waste. Especially when we have $20 trillion in debt. Um, all right. So, now let's get to the media. Because we talked about the narrative. Now, listen. It's very difficult for media members to accept that President Trump has been right all along. He just has. And, you know, they see the disagreements between the establishment and between um, President Trump, the outsider, as chaos, as the White House is not smooth. Listen, I think we could say it's controlled chaos. President Trump knows how to run things. He's a leader. And I think a month in... Given that he is a complete outsider, he should get a little honeymoon, a little benefit of the doubt. Usually, presidents get a 100-day honeymoon, at least. Maybe President Obama had more. Uh, But President Trump is not getting a honeymoon, and he knows that. But he's working his hardest for the American people. I don't know why people don't understand that, or at least that's not the narrative. Obviously, people understand it because people came out in large numbers to vote. For President Trump. More counties since Ronald Reagan. Um, but 
regardless, the conversation in, in the print on TV, it's very misleading in, in words of choice. You know, you're supposed to be taught to just state the facts. At least, that's what I've been taught. It's what I've taken away from my career in journalism and media. And you even hear it from other from other media members that I've talked to, other journalists, that say, yeah, you know, Trump is being treated very unfairly. They know. Now, some on the more left wing, and remember, 96% of journalists voted for Hillary Clinton. And many donated to the Clinton campaign. That seeped in to their biased reporting. That's not all, but it's some. And Trump has the First Amendment right, as the media has the First Amendment right to to write and to say things. Trump has the First Amendment right and the power of the presidency given to him by the Constitution to discuss his displeasure with the media reporting. So the words of choice, when they say claims, dismisses, it leaves off a vibe of illegitimacy that the left seizes upon. And then if President Trump is illegitimate because he's dismissive of whatever it may be, or the Russians hacked the election, okay, that is false. And that is fake news. They never hacked the election. Word choice. They have may have tried to influence the election through social media robot campaigns. I don't know how effective that is. I don't know how many of you actually listen to robots. And if you are, then there's something wrong with you. Okay, That's how people get radicalized online. And if you're inspired by that then we need to, then that's a national security issue, but it has nothing to do with Trump. Now, also, if Russia hacked the election, well, wouldn't President Trump have won the popular vote? Does it make sense? Of course not, because they did not hack the election. They may have tried to influence it. They may have favored Trump. Who knows? We don't know. But they didn't hack the election, and that's still an ongoing discussion. They never changed votes, okay? And there is voter fraud, but more voter fraud that helps the Democrats because they're illegal immigrant voters, and there's proof of it. There's a study, 800,000 illegal votes cast for Hillary Clinton this election, and that's just what we know of right now. That is a study. So for anyone to dismiss that is being, is being misleading, being false. The assumption... The nameless sources. Now, I understand there are some sources you cannot reveal. I understand that. In, in true investigative journalism, you cannot name some sources. I, I totally get that. But in political reporting, it's a little cowardly for the people who want to be named anonymously and for the publication to allow that, that they allow unnamed sources on the regular. That's supposed to be the exception, not the regular. That's when, you know, their life is at risk, okay? But when a politician, you know, a Weasley swampy politician 
comes out and says, well, I don't want my name said, but this is what's going on on the inside, okay? You know, we're trying to get Trump out. This is what goes on, okay? Don't kid yourselves. They release things and feed things to the media. They leak it anonymously. The media gets a great story. The politician gets his agenda accomplished. This happens every day in Washington. Every day. And they just they leak things anonymously, which is illegal in when it comes to national security. But it happens when politicians are trying to push an agenda and trying to hurt the other parties. It happens on both sides. Uh, another problem that the media has, and really it just goes with our social media times today, is that they're too quick in publishing. I was talking to an editor last week um, who told me, or a former editor actually, um, who told me that uh, they now today publish things online before, before a copy editor even looks at the copy, and there are mistakes on there. It used to be more a mundane process, more slow. It's got to go to several people, copy edi- editors, and produ- and you know, depending on what whether it be print or, or broadcast producers and what have you, before it gets on air. Now people just run with it, and that's where it causes problems. And then you have to retract, and the problem is the retractions are not shared online as much as the original sources. Now I'll read you the fake news stories in a little bit and tell you exact examples of how this happened but in case you're wondering well you know you know maybe you're overblowing this you know maybe they're not that bad and maybe you only watch channels that you agree with i don't know this was you know, president trump had a news conference on thursday he was there for over an hour answering every single question was it a little contentious yeah it was and that's, that's fair to say it was a little contentious because, listen, both sides hate each other. It's pretty clear. Um, Trump had a little fun with them, but Trump was trying to get his agenda across, and no one's letting him just work. He's a worker. He just wants to work and get things done. And people voted for his agenda. And you have the Trump contract with the American voter that he is working to drain the swamp. He put a lobbying ban He's working towards national security. They, it gets tied up in the courts, but it's not even on a legal issue because U.S. Code 8, U.S. Code uh, Section 1182 says that president has the ability to handle immigration and that if he feels, if he deems necessary is what it says, then he can suspend immigration or any class of aliens from any country if he deems it's necessary. But anyway, here's the media's reaction to last Thursday's news conference that happened at the White House. Today, we learned the length of the president's fuse, 28 days. After four weeks of being blocked by courts, challenged by Congress, and held to account by the public, President Trump called a hasty news conference and went on offense with the familiar tools that built his career. Bluster, bravado, exaggeration, and a few loose facts. 
note to Republicans, this only gets worse. This only, only gets, gets worse. worse for the country and for you and for your party. This looks like the steps leading up to a total meltdown. The president's response to that was to, to have a, a semi-meltdown uh, uh, and to accuse us all of, of fake news when, in fact, his own actions, which were to, fi to fire General Flynn, proved that that news was spot on. It was 100% accurate. Because when you reduce the media enough in prestige, uh, uh, they when they do report facts, uh, those facts are diminished. If you are a, a soldier in harm's way right now, if you are a, a hungry child in Appalachia or the inner city, if you are an unemployed worker in a hollow shell of a steel town, that's not a president who seemed rather focused on your particular needs and wants. That's a president focused on his bad press. It was unhinged, it was wild. I mean, listen, all right, you hear this, it was unhinged, it was wild, bravado, like these adjectives that just stick to the facts, all right? This is what Trump said, and this is why I always play long clips on this podcast. It's not because I want to break from talking, because I love to talk, okay? The point is, we need context. You need to hear the president, what he says directly. And let's face it, the president knows more than any of us can imagine what's going on in the Middle East. He has access to the national security information. You think we give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, all right, let me tell you about these fake news sources. I put it on the screen yesterday on the show. And just to read you a few, because there are a number, these are some real fake news stories. Because, frankly, if you fall for internet memes and false articles that are not from trusted sources, now, you'd think, you know, you'd have more trusted sources, um, and I'm going to read you what you would think are trusted sources that have propagated fake news, but, um, you know, a lot of these, you know they're false organizations like um, The Onion, which is a satirical site, or if you get your news from late night, you're an idiot. It's just, I'm sorry, but if you're getting it from there, or SNL, that's not a news source. It may be funny, I don't know, I don't watch it anymore. Fake news propagated by the mainstream media. Uh, remember this one? A spike in transgender suicide rates after the election. That was published by Guardian and Out. Uh, magazine. That is false. Wrong. Baseless. But what is that trying to apply? People are killing themselves because Trump was elected. False. Okay? Or is Trump is that wrong? I should get that soundbite. Wrong. Um, <laughs> New York Magazine. Persuasive evidence. Quote, persuasive evidence of, quote, manipulated or hacked election results in three states. Again, not true. Um, Secretary of Treasury Steve Mnuchin foreclosed on a 90-year-old woman after a 27-cent payment error. That is wrong. That was in Politico. I, like, you'd think they checked this. BuzzFeed, which I don't think is a new, new source. Apparently, some people think it is. It's a blog. Um, that dossier that no other organization would publish because they knew it was false? Well, that was wrong. CNN. Nancy Sinatra not happy with my way at the inaugural ball. 
Not true. Nancy Sinatra tweeted that she had no problem with it and that they had the rights to play it. Um, climate change purged from whitehouse.gov. I saw that all over the place on the inauguration day. And guess what? If you go on whitehouse.gov right now and search for it, you have everything from the Trump administration on that. But the problem is that they were switching over at 12 noon when it was changed power from one administration to the next. Um, that's when they were wiping out one website and switching over to the next. And yeah, everything was wiped out. Uh, but people flipped out. Oh my God, we don't acknowledge climate change anymore. Or at least the left was uh, flipping out. Betsy DeVos uh, says, guns should be banned in schools because grizzly bears. Well, that is just taking our words out of context. What she said was that there are different scenarios in every state and that there are um, scenarios in which uh, guns should be in schools because you have wild, possibly wild animals in middle America. But, you know, they ignore middle America. And that's the problem is that there are 315 million people in this country. And to just focus on the coast is wrong. And that's where the polls were wrong. They did not learn about Minnesota or Wisconsin. And frankly, Hillary Clinton didn't go there and didn't care about them. And she showed a lot of, you know, uh, she, she should have, if she really wants to be a champion of these people, she should have gone there. But she just dismissed them. Uh, other stories. State Department entire senior management team, Washington Post, just resigned. Part of a mass exodus from the Trump era. Well, no, that's customary that when you switch over from one administration to the next, they're supposed to hand in their letter of resignation, um, and the president decides whether or not to accept it or not. Obviously, he's accepted a lot of them. Um, the Observer published a story about Trump photoshopping his hands bigger. I mean, seriously, I don't even know how that's a story, even if true. Um, the White House set up two Twitter accounts for two Supreme Court justice nominations as a primetime contest. CNN, wrong. Uh, the uh, This was recent. Associate Press, which means it got published everywhere. The president plans to invade Mexico. That's dangerous. That is wrong. That is not true. You are fake news. Um... <laughs> What else we got here? Easing Russian sanctions. Obviously, that has not happened. Um, the House rolling back background checks for gun ownership. That's um, misstated a little bit. Um, that is what they were saying was that that had to do with mental health issues, and, and it's not true. Just uh, a mischaracterization of, of the actual vote there. Um, Russia hacked the election. We went over that. Uh, quote, Muslim registry. Not true. There, it was not a Muslim ban. It was a suspension of immigration and refugee program, but I guess that doesn't sound as, as flashy. Um, oh, this was outrageous. The New York Times published a story, Trump wears a bathrobe, and the team cannot, quote, figure out the light switches in the cabinet room. Okay, I think they can operate the switches just fine, and Trump said, or Spicer said on behalf of Trump, President Trump does not wear a bathrobe. I'm sure he wears his tie 24-7. Um, or unless it's 80 degrees out, maybe he takes off the tie where it's just a uh, jacket and his suit. Um, the roundup and ice raids, that was not ordered by Trump. That was enforcing the laws on the books, and it was actually an Obama order. Um, and this was February 18th, Associated Press. Trump considers deploying the National Guard for immigration roundups. They had a memo, but they did not have a White House source there, and the White House said that they were not considering 
that memo, and that was not from the White House. And that's just a number of them. And that's just recent because you can go back to the primary. And remember all the women that were quoted saying horrible things about Donald Trump and his personal life, and then they came out the next morning and said they misquoted us. And that was on the front page of the New York Times. Who was watching cable news on a Monday morning after the Sunday story aired? So, all right, what is the point of all this? The point is not to bash the media. I mean, you know, you got to call everybody out when they're wrong, right? Are we going to speak true to facts? Then we should. Let's talk about factual stuff. That's all wrong. You and, are fake news. And so let's focus on facts. Let's focus on stories that matter to people because that's what we need to get back to. And if the media can figure out a way to earn the American public's trust back, all those people that voted for Trump that don't trust the media anymore, which is sad. It's not good in a, in a free nation. It's not good. But they need to make an effort to double-check, go back go back to basics, back to basics. Double-check, triple-check, everything. That's what we're taught to do. So go back to basics and, you know, and there are, listen, I'm talking about the political press right now. And that's also, I think that's a distinction President Trump should make because, you know, the it comes out, well, you know, there are journalists who are being killed overseas and, and you are, uh, you know, you're misrepresenting uh, the facts of journalists, whatever. All right, so let's talk about the political press because 96% of them voted for Hillary Clinton. There are some great journalists or great journalists uncovering major stories. And you, and you do read and see that. But, you know, in this case, in the political media, they have been very unfair by all those examples I showed you and the New York Times even said we cannot treat this candidate fairly that we're going to we're going to cover him I believe it was the Times in this case but it may have been another organization we're going to cover him in the entertainment pages because they they thought he was a joke and guess what he is our president and one other story and then I want to get on to President's Day um, USA Today I saw a tweet and I thought this was outrageous and I had to mention it um, this was the tweet. Breaking news. Men outnumber women more than two to one in the Trump, in the top Trump aides or whatever it was. Top Trump aides, men outnumber women more than two to one. It was breaking news this afternoon. Monday afternoon. Um, first of all, you know, if you knew who Trump's aides were, not breaking news. And maybe it was breaking news to people who don't read your organization's paper or any others for that matter. Number two, why the hell does it matter? Because if we're all supposed to be equal, then you earn things based on your skills, your skill set, and what you've done in your field to earn it. You you earn things. You don't you're not just given things. But you know, that apparently was a story. All right, let's move away from that. Just had to tell you because that was the big story uh, today. You are fake news. Um, all right, move on, and let's talk about uh, President's Day. Now, uh, today is President's Day. It's a happy President's Day to all of you. Um, you know, a couple of things that I saw. So people ask me who my favorite president is or was. Well, I'd have to say between Ronald Reagan and honest Abe Lincoln. 
Um, Lincoln obviously was, you know, set up the future for the country at a, at a time of turmoil. He freed the slaves. It was a critical president that we had. Uh, Ronald Reagan in the 80s, Peace Through Strength, was the original one to do that. He had a lot of challenge, um, challenges himself. Some personal stories that I read about President Reagan today, he, I, I did not know this, he wrote personal checks to struggling Americans. He actually would write a check from his checkbook and send it to people who were struggling in the country. And I thought that was really cool. And kind of reminded me of President Trump in the fact that there was a story around Inauguration Day. He saw someone who was struggling, and he just took care of them. And he does this, and I've heard stories because um, people that I know that know Trump and have told me that he has um, – he's very selfless, but he doesn't talk about it. And, you know, it's funny because you would think the opposite. You would think he would be braggadocious about it. He just does things quietly. And people don't know about it. It's not reported on, which is maybe why this um, – Character or this uh, this mean um, tagline that's been stuck on Trump, or not really hasn't stuck because you know he is president, but um, people have this impression of him, and it's it's not true. I think he's a, he's actually a uh, has a good heart. He's a good man. He even said at the the rally yesterday, "We have a heart. We're going to build safe zones, but we got to protect our country." It's why he was elected. He's president of our country, not the world. Um, and he realizes that. See, he's not a dictator, Senator McCain. Um, Reagan also did – well, so he transported um, kids, children, though, uh, on Air Force One for those who needed kidney operations. So a kid needs a kidney operation, and he flew them on Air Force One to receive their kidney operation. I, I did not know those two things. Apparently, that was, like, one of the things it was famous for in the 80s. I didn't know that. found that out today, and I wanted to share that with you. Um, if President Trump, in my opinion, accomplishes his America First agenda, if he gets it through, and it's going to take a village, it's going to take his, his personal team, it's going to take Congress, if they figure it out, he could very well be the best president. You know, he once said um, – I actually have a pen here that I hold in my hand when I'm during the podcast and I'm writing my notes – he said this once. I will be the greatest president that God ever created. He truly wants to be the best president ever. And I think that that drive to be successful will only motivate him to work harder and to get things done for the people and to, and to really, you know, you hear politicians, they say, oh, we're going to promise this and this. You know, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. And... President Trump has said things, and he has promised that he has listed on paper for people to read, and he wants to keep his promises. He withdrew the TPP. He's already kept some promises, Und uh, undone some regulations, easing regulations of Obamacare. He's moving forth. He needs our support. And today there were not my President Day rally, uh, so they changed President's Day to not my President's Day, and. It's funny because I don't really pay too much attention to this. I don't really care about these rallies because they do it so often that it loses its luster. But then I saw this story, something, again, I did not talk about because, frankly, you know, it's a, it's a waste of time to talk about. But I saw the result of what happened here. The day without immigrants protest last week, um, 
look that up if you want. Uh, they shut down businesses nationwide last week, but it didn't come without consequences for a handful of workers who actually lost their job from taking part in the demonstration. Uh, dozens of workers said that they lost their jobs after taking part in Thursday's protest. A boycott was aimed squarely at President Trump's efforts to set up deportations, build a wall on the Mexican border, and close the nation's doors to many travelers. Now, by the way, set up deportations for criminal illegal aliens, which he has done. All those charges that we read to you on Friday. It was unclear how many participated. Twelve Latino employees from the I Don't Care Bar and Grill in Tulsa, Oklahoma, told Fox 23 News that they were fired over text message because they didn't show up for their shift and failed to let their employers know with, uh, about their absence. The employees told the station they expected to be reprimanded, but not dismissed. The firings led to an outcry in the community. Now, here's a quote from uh, someone uh, telling Fox 23 News about um, about uh, the demonstrations. Uh, quote, if you have 12 people who feel strongly and want to make a stand, I think management should have taken a look at that and at least stood by them or give them some time. No. Okay, they run a business. Their goal is to make a profit. And the business helps the economy. That's kind of how capitalism works. If you skip job uh, work and don't tell someone, you deserve to be fired. I mean, and this is, and I always say this whenever I see this mass protest, especially on a Monday. Isn't there school? Isn't there work? Don't you have some something productive to do with your life but they don't and they lost their job good they deserve to lose their job because a business can operate without its workers and if you're unreliable or you're just going to act in this manner that you know is just incomprehensible you're gone um a couple of things real quick uh saw this story on illegal immigrants by the way on the deportations now that we mentioned it only a tiny percentage of the nearly 1 million uh, on the government's deportation list have been arrested, according to stats provided to Congress. So 680 seized in recent sweeps by the U.S. Customs and Immigration Enforcement, ICE agents, represented just 0.07% of the 950,062 people with deportation orders as of May 21, 2016. So responses to questions of the Senate Judiciary Committee, provided by Thomas Homan, currently the acting ICE director, revealed the struggle the agency faces as it moves to deport illegals with criminal records like rape, sexual assault, robbery, burglary, attempted murder, gang members, and what they what they concluded was there's an estimated three million illegal immigrants, by the way, with criminal records in addition to their illegal status, and the administration said that they were a top priority. Three million illegal immigrants with criminal records in our country. And what they say is, the ICE experts say that sanctuary cities are to blame for the huge number of illegal immigrants with deportation orders who are not in custody because if you detain and deport them, they're only going to walk in right back. And we did a story about sanctuary cities and the details of that on yalakerwood.com if you want to check that out. Uh, so an interesting story. ABC News reported tonight uh, that there is a surge of asylum seekers and migrants to Canada from the U.S. If only the celebrities would go. 
across the border, you know? If only the celebrities would go. Then I would say we have a deal. All right. First segment done. We have one more to go. And what we're going to talk about coming up. Um, Trump is being accused of saying that there was a terrorist attack in Sweden. Well, not exactly true. We're going to play the actual audio for you coming back with context. Um, we suffered a loss today in the country, a fallen hero. And by the way, Ivanka Trump's brand, oh, it's better than ever. It's big league. So that's coming up on the Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast. Neil's a real deal, but don't just take our word for it. I'll tell you what, I've gotten to know him really well. He's the real deal. We have somebody who's the real deal working for us, and that's what we need. Neil's a real deal. Telling it the way it is on the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast on iTunes and the Neil A. Caruso Show Sundays at 12 noon Eastern on NeilACaruso.com. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Is the man. He's like a fine wine. Every day goes by, I get to appreciate his genius more and more. Stay tuned to the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast. Like a fine wine. <laughs> Apparently, uh, yesterday was National Wine Day. So if you had some wine, it's red wine, well, good for you. And uh, so we continue on the Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast on uh, Monday for our third week of the podcast. And uh, all right, so we have this story. What did Trump actually say at Saturday's rally when it came to Sweden? There's some stories about, well, Trump is talking about a terrorist attack in Sweden that never happened. And Sweden had come out and said... They tweeted at Trump and said that there have been no attacks. That actually proved to be false. There have been some. There was a minor attack a couple months ago. I shouldn't say minor. Every attack is is major. I think it was a it was a bomb of some sort. I, I don't have the details in front of me, so I do not want to mislead you. But um, here is what Trump said about Sweden um, at the rally on Saturday. Here's the bottom line: We've got to keep our country safe. You look at what's happening. We've got to keep 
our country safe. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden. Who would believe this? Sweden. They took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. You look at what's happening in Brussels. You look at what's happening all over the world. Take a look at Nice. Take a look at Paris. We've allowed thousands and thousands of people into our country, and there was no way to vet those people. There was no documentation. There was no nothing. So we're going to keep our country safe. So we are going to keep our country safe, and that is the mantra of the Trump administration. Um, so a few things to unpack. First, on Sweden. What he was alluding to, and he clarified this uh, later, he tweeted my statement as to – he tweeted this uh, on Sunday at 4.57 p.m. Eastern. My statement as to what's happening in Sweden was in reference to a story that was broadcast on Fox News concerning immigrants and Sweden. And the story was, was on Tucker Carlson tonight, and um, there was a, a police investigator, Peter uh, Springer. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but anyway, a police investigator in Sweden um, – was talking about uh, there were several uh, several cases where refugees and immigrants were responsible for crimes. Uh, he wrote in his Facebook post, five rapes, three assaults, a pair of extortions, a blackmail, an attempted murder, violence against police, and a robbery. Which was Spring, Springer's uh, caseload there for a five-day period earlier this month of February. He wrote this in uh, in a February 3rd Facebook post, so I guess late January to February, a five-day period. Rapes, assaults, extortions, blackmail, attempted murder, violence against police, and a robbery. He wrote this on Facebook. He's a police investigator in Sweden. And the suspects all from uh, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, and Turkey. Now, of course, Iraq, Syria, and Somalia on the original executive order that Trump put forth. And Trump is, President Trump, is expected to sign a new executive order, possibly as early as Tuesday, tomorrow, that will um, basically re-up this executive order. Possibly they're talking about, um, from what I heard, I don't know whether this uh, reporting is accurate, but um, that they are possibly uh, looking at making sure that uh, green card members are exempt and making that specific. Um, again, there was no legal problem. It was just a liberal judge who said, we are going to dismiss this or we're going to hold this up with a restraining order on it because we don't think that it's right. It had no legal basis. They didn't even cite the law in it because if they did, they would know that the president has the authority to do so. It's so false and every lawyer – and. And every uh, – whether you agree or not, it's just the fact is the president has the authority to do so. So a possibly new executive order coming Tuesday, and if that's the case, we will actually break it down. I will read the law, and if I have to, I will read the law to you. And everyone should just read the law because that's where you get to fact is if you, if you just read the law as it is. Um, so this was written by a police investigator about all these crimes in five days, and it was reported on. Uh, and the conversation – was in context about the 
migrant crisis and that we have people who are infiltrating through the refugee. And remember, the CIA and the FBI warned the United States people will infiltrate the refugee and immigration populations. They have in Brussels, as President Trump alluded to in that clip. And they have in other cases, Berlin and what have you, radical Islamic terrorists. This is what they're doing. They find an easy target, open borders, and they go right in. And so that was part of the conversation on um, on that show on Fox News on Friday night. And uh, that's what President Trump was referring to. And, um, you know, there there is a problem with open borders. And that's why Brexit happened. Was because of immigration and open borders. So, frankly, um, you know, whether or not this, I mean, this is a police investigator, so you would think that he would be truthful and hope that he's truthful. If that is the case, then something has to be done. And all countries should secure their borders. Why shouldn't they? They have a responsibility to protect their people from outside influences, outside terrorists that are uh, coming through. Um, uh, in the uh, migrant crisis that, yes, of course, relates to the war, and there are some refugees that that are seeking true refuge, but there are also dangerous cases where uh, there are radical Islamic terrorists and other terrorists that are seeking to infiltrate and take advantage of the refugee population. They've already done so in Europe. Um Moving on, speaking of an officer, um, I saw the story and wanted to mention it. Uh, I'm a very uh, big supporter of police. I challenge you on a podcast, and I continue to challenge you. Thank a police officer when you see them because it makes a difference. A uh, police officer in Los Angeles responding to a car crash was killed today, and a second officer wounded. According to investigators, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said the two officers responded to what they believed was a traffic accident. And um, a gang member who was, quote, all tattooed up, began firing. Uh, The Lieutenant John Carina in Los Angeles said, quote, they think they're there to help. Next thing they know, they have this guy shooting at them. They're protecting us here at home. And just like I talk about veterans and the Army... Our great military, how they support us, the police support us on the battlefield here at home. Just remember that. Um, all right, I'll leave on a high note today uh, on this Monday before we wrap up. Um, Ivanka Trump, you know, there's been questions about her brand, and Nordstrom is taking the brand out because they want to distance themselves from the Trump name. The funny part is, Refinery29.com is reporting that Ivanka Trump's namesake perfume, I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to say it. The perfume from Ivanka Trump is currently the number one top seller on Amazon. Now, it's a spicy floral fragrance that holds uh, the two top spots in the women's category. One for the full-size bottle, the other uh, a roll-on, which is out of stock, actually. Now, in recent uh, reviews show that the customers are specifically purchasing the fragrance in support of Ivanka, a 35-year-old mother of three. One verified purchaser wrote, I bought this perfume in support of Ivanka Trump. I had no idea how it smelled. I have to say I was pleasantly surprised, and I love it. Another wrote, I love the scent and happily show my support for purchasing this perfume. Just wish I can fit into her gorgeous clothing line. So 
listen, the brand is is alive and well for all those who are concerned. Listen, all right, they don't need the money, and they are doing this to help the country. Um, so I'm a good for. That's a, a good story to end on there. Like to see good business. Uh, that concludes a Monday podcast. Uh, we, of course, will be back with the podcast on Tuesday. And we hope that you subscribe to the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast on iTunes. Check it out on neilacruiser.com. We have some new stories up there on neilacruiser.com. So you can check those out. Some related to the Sunday show uh, that I posted between the last two days. So um, definitely look at the website. It's updated. We just updated the site. All new. And we have a newsletter coming out soon as well. And I just with the push of a button, I can send you an email. Subscribe to the newsletter so that you get what you need to know. The factual information. If you're not going to listen to anything else, listen to me. Trust me on that. Um, and we will talk to you again on the Tuesday podcast. And every week on the Sunday show. Sunday show, you said, was excellent. Great show. Great job by my Caruso Enterprises team. Uh, Nick Kintz, Christian Lanagoski, do an excellent, superb job. We'll talk to you in the Tuesday podcast. God bless America. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast is a production of Caruso Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Caruso on social media. And log on to neilacaruso.com to sign up for Caruso's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.